Atop of the 12th floor of the Remax World Headquarters, you're listening to Start With a Win with CEO Adam Contos. Hello, it's Adam Contos here. Today on the podcast, we're talking about sales today. The word sales. It scares some people though. So today we have with us the head of sales for Remax Holdings, Chris Fluger. How you doing, Chris? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks, Adam. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us a little bit of your background because you have a, a great deep history of sales. Where, where do you come from on this? So I started out of school and I was doing uh, insurance sales uh, many, many, many years ago. And uh, it was very tough. You know, sales is not so easy when you're out there telling people they need to purchase insurance products for themselves. And so you learn a lot about human nature and what drives people and how to get those deals done. You know, that, that's, that's got to be a rough conversation. It is. And also, you know, many comfortable people don't make good sales decisions. So if you want someone to buy something, you have to at least pose the right questions so they understand why they should go with you. To get the right answers, you got to ask the right questions, right? Exactly. That's right. So uh, what did you do after insurance sales? So I've worked in operations. I've worked in uh, real estate, obviously. I've worked in banking. I've worked in IT. So a lot of different backgrounds, but uh, essentially in sales in some form or fashion most of my career. Right. And you did uh, real estate sales as a team, right? I did. I had a team here in Colorado and both with Remax and other brands. Oh, awesome. Yep. So what, what does sales mean to you? I think that uh, you know everybody hears sales and thinks it's a very specific track, but I think everybody is in sales in some form or fashion. So most companies are either growing or they're not growing, and so in this case, you know everybody is in sales and helping that force grow. And so really, what I tell people is we're in the growth business. We're not really specifically just in sales. We're helping both our you know agents grow. We're helping our broker owners grow, and we're helping our teams grow by having more units sold. That's kind of how we measure it. And again, in most of those cases, it's either the simplest job, but it's also the most difficult job in the company. Right. So you said something important there. So sales is, uh, you know, you talked about growing or not growing. So we know in business, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Yep. You know, because it's, it's about going and getting a new client every day. And if you're not getting a new client every day or trying to get a new client every day, which eventually leads to getting new clients over the repetition of those attempts, um, you're dying. Your business, you're going out of business slowly, that's something that you carry on your shoulders every day when you get up and, and hit the ground running is, I've got to grow this business, right? Correct. So t- tell me, I mean, what, what does that mean to you in your heart, in your drive? You've got to go out and you got to climb a hill every day. It's, sales is not easy. So what, how, do you, how do you build that into your brain? So I think there's different type of people, obviously. Some people really like to be farmers, and some people like to be hunters, and we've used this a lot in the past. Some people really enjoy the day-to-day you know, aspect of going out there, meeting new people, developing those relationships, and getting new clients. And some people want to just work those clients and be with them on a day-to-day basis and help them grow, but wouldn't like to talk to new people because they just wouldn't know what to say or don't feel comfortable. And why, so, Let me jump in there. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think people don't feel comfortable or don't want to go try and talk to new clients? You know, I think it's a personality thing. Um, it's also developed over a period of time. So I think, you know, some folks really enjoy the, the 
the hunt. That's one of the things you miss when you get into sales management is the day-to-day interaction with the folks in the field. So I travel quite a bit and I do meet with our salespeople. And I do meet with our prospects in the field often just for that purpose, to keep you know ahead of the game and to keep my head in with them on a day-to-day basis so I understand what's going on in the field and I can get in their head as far as a salesperson to help them be as successful as possible. Okay. Do you, th- do you think there's rejection in there? Some sort of a the, the phobia of rejection? There is. That's one of the big you know, factors in sales is people talk to someone and they assume they have to get everything just right. And we know in sales, you need to have more no's than yeses in order to be successful. And so that's, that's one of the key factors is really you know, understanding that getting those no's is a key factor in your success. Okay. I mean, it, we keep peeling the onion here because mm-hmm. you, you keep saying things that are really profound. Mm-hmm. The talking about getting the no's mm-hmm. and the fear of those no's. What, what does that look like to somebody who's just getting into sales and how do they overcome that? How do they, how do they get out there and, and know that when I go hunting, I'm going to get like, if you're fishing, and you don't catch anything, you got skunked or whatever it is and, and you didn't catch anything, but you went out there, but you enjoyed fishing, but people don't enjoy going out and hunting for sales. They come, don't come back and go, I got nothing today, but I loved it. I mean, how do you get over that? So I think that's one of the big rookie mistakes that people make is they go out and they develop, uh, you know, kind of a contact list or they've been given a lead and they're afraid to contact that person first because they may waste the lead. And that's the big mistake. That person won't remember you anyway. So why not give them a call and give it a shot? And the really successful people will take a little bit of information and go out there and learn as they go and really develop their sales skills. And they run forward. They just they fall forward in many cases. And that failure is fine. It's it's. Really, you develop, a, a, I guess, thicker skin, but an expectation that, hey, that one didn't work out, but there's two more down the road. It's really that, that abundance you know, mindset. Right. So there's, there's always, you're not going to run out of people to talk to if you go out and talk to more, right? No, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because you know, so many people, they get going and they go, all right, here's my, my list. My list is empty. I've used them all up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, the the river ran dry, there's no more, uh, the world is over, whatever it is. So that abundant mindset of there's always more to talk to. And you, you also mentioned, you know, getting out there and talking to them. What, what do you do when you talk to them? I mean, is this, do I walk up to you and go, hey, Chris, you want to buy this? Yeah, not if you want to sell anything. You uh, that. <laughs> right? That doesn't work anymore? No, it doesn't work anymore. Okay. Um, what we do here is we, we ask a lot of questions. You know, what would you envision the you know, best possible office to be? Or, you know, what, would you, what are you looking for in the next five to ten years to get someone in that mindset of thinking what growth looks like for them? And then you take that and you kind of spin it toward, you know, what we're doing or what we're offering and see if that's a fit. And most of the time, that first meeting you have with someone is kind of like a blind date. It's a, I'm going to find out if, you know, you're a fit for me and you're going to find out if I'm a fit for you. And if not, we part ways as friends. If so, we move to the next step. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, you're, you're almost kind of activating their entrepreneurial mindset, right? Absolutely. Because that's what I'm kind of getting here is you're going, you're making me think of things through your questions that I normally wouldn't think about. And, and realizing opportunities I normally wouldn't realize, right? That's correct. And most of the time, everybody's fairly comfortable. I mean, we live in the United States. I mean, everybody's doing okay. It's not like you, you know, have to hunt for food for the next day. It's more of the fact that you know, you're okay and you've adapted to your own lifestyle, but are you willing to take that next step? And that makes you uncomfortable. So you have to get them a little uncomfortable and think about what the future really could be rather than what it is today. 
So you have to get uncomfortable and get them to get uncomfortable. And you got to be comfortable doing it. That makes it worse. All right. Wow. <laughs> a lot of uncomfortable lot of- there going on. I look at it like, um, like you're a performer, if you will. You know, you, you're getting on stage and you're going to go and you're going to, you know, kind of put yourself out there and, and people are going to have opinions of you. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of them are going to go, eh, not for me or no, I don't want to hear from you. No, I want, I don't want to talk to you or stop selling me something, whatever. You know, it's, um, you just kind of close your eyes and you think, how would I, if I had to, if I had to sell, uh, you know, I have, I have a pen in my hand right now. If I had to sell this pen, how would I do that? And you can't sell it if you don't talk to anybody, right? Exactly. So, so tell me, I mean, it, it's always, it's always this question of of kind of the sales masters out there, the sales gurus. I, Chris, I consider you to be one of those sales masters, sales mm-hmm. gurus. Um, you know, you enter a market and you have to sell something. How how does that start? How would you start doing that if you entered a market and had to sell something? So I would obviously identify you know my prospective list of people that would be a target for that, whatever that might be, and then I would enter into a lot of conversations. So I'd be talking to people, and for me, when, when you say, hey, that's a rejection, I talked to someone, and they didn't want to buy my pen. Well, that doesn't mean that's not a success for me. That means I've had a conversation with someone, I found out what the objections may be on the surface, and then I've taken those objections, I've repurposed them for my next conversation, or I've now had that person refer me to someone else who may be interested in exactly what I'm selling. So you don't, I mean, let me make sure I got this right. You don't realize what the customer's challenges are until you go talk to a customer, right? Exactly. If I go forward with the first no every time, we wouldn't sell anything. So most people give up after the second attempt and most sales are made after your eighth attempt. So you can see that most salespeople will come in and say, well, I've asked them twice and they've said no, I don't want to be a bother. Instead of repositioning those questions and asking them further, because everyone's conditioned when you call them up to say no. You're conditioned, I'm conditioned. When I get a phone call, I'm like, nope, not interested. And, you know, most of the time we try to reposition it saying, listen, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm trying to have a conversation with you about growth in this particular market. So tell me what you think is the best offices in your area or what you're looking for and why. So you're getting to, you're trying to get me to think of what a successful option looks like here as opposed to just saying no. Correct. Well, I'm also trying to get a slice of your time. Okay. That's the hard part. Getting someone who's busy to get a slice of their time, that's, that's tough these days. That's challenging. And so you've got to pay them for that time, basically, right? I've got to give them some value or else why would they do it? Okay. So talk to me about that value. How, how does that value progression that, uh, you know, we call it cultivating the client or, you know, uh, moving them along through a, a nurture track or something like that, you know, right. some of the different keywords in, the, in sales. What might that look like? Um, you know, because you're, you're reaching out once and you get a no, or which I know you and I have discussed, it's not a no, it's a not now, right? Right. right. And uh, the, um, you know, you, you have to deliver some value to them to, to be able to come back and, and factor in, you know, them being grateful for that value, the reciprocity factor. How does that uh, look in your mind, in, in your sales process? So for me, it depends on the personality of the, of the prospect too. If I'm talking to someone and they're very analytical, I may go into a reasons why they didn't purchase. Hey, you, you, you would, you didn't, you're not interested in this because of these six factors. And then they automatically say, well, yeah, that's why. And that's why I can tell you they're misconceptions and I can kind of turn that into a positive. 
if it's someone that's very emotional, I'm talking about high level future growth. I'm talking about the emotion of the deal of what it looks like. If you put your name on a sign or you bought the right, this and how you feel, how you look, if you got in the right car, it could be anything. I'm going to get you to feel it before we even talk about anything about the product. We may never, never talk about the product again. So you're going to understand what my personality type is pretty quick. I am. That's what I'm, I'm hearing. Uh, emotional and intellectual. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, you know, that's the approach. Yeah. Am I a feelings guy or a numbers guy? Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that, that's cool. I mean, it's, we talk about delivering value, getting this, um, eight times or whatever it might be eight times. That's a lot of, a it lot is. of contact with somebody. It is. And that's, is that, you know, are you saying eight times, like you pick up the phone eight times and you get eight times and you get eight answering machine messages or, you know, voicemails or their assistant eight times. I mean, what, what does that look like? You have to talk to them eight times. Is that it's, roughly it's it? a mix? So our suggestion is obviously, you know, between text, a phone call an email, and maybe even a video email, you know, some reason for them to stop, pause for a moment and take a look at it. And as we've known from working together for a while, that most people see something, and even though you may have think you've seen it way too many times, I've contacted them way, way too many times, the reality of it is they may have only seen it the first time on the seventh attempt. So they just noticed it. They just noticed it. Interesting. Okay. And, and you just mentioned something that's been incredibly successful for us is video email. It is. Using video. Why do we use video? Because video you know, allows you to see someone. It's, it's, it's real then. You see someone on the other end who's actually delivering a message. It also is, you know, everybody clicks on a video. We're just conditioned to after watching so many YouTube videos. Um, you know, it moves for two or three seconds, so it gives you the, it really it draws your finger in to touch the, the screen to make it, you know, launch so you can just see it. And you're willing to give me 15 or 20 seconds for sure if it's a video. So you've got 15 or 20 seconds to get their attention, get them either Absolutely. emotionally or intellectually activated and start that process of and, and, value transference. And you better be engaging at that point. You either better be really funny or you better tell them something they've never heard of or you can flip the script and say, you know, this is not for you. Interesting. That, then so you, they want to say, why is it not for me? So you're opening that loop. Correct. That mind loop. Okay. Getting them to, to ask the question of themselves and you're the resource to provide the answer. Absolutely. Awesome. So cool. Um, a lot of good stuff here. What is your inside sales? You have inside sales force, you have outside sales force. What, what does the inside sales force do? So the inside sales force is just, you know, hardcore making the calls. Okay. So they're making the calls, sending the emails, developing the initial interest in very specific areas for us. And what they're doing is setting appointments for outside reps. Okay. So they're making initial contacts, things like that. Because you're outside Salesforce, those are the specialists, the closers, I guess you could say, or the value, the people who understand how to deliver value the best. Right. When we started this, we realized that, you know, for one salesperson to be really good at multiple areas, the three areas of filling the pipeline, managing the pipeline, and closing the pipeline, that's, you know, asking a lot of someone when there's a lot of deals to be done. What I'd prefer the, the, those people to do in the field is meet with people and close deals, work them through the process and close deals. If they have to also go back and create the marketing, send it out, make phone calls, it takes away too much time. And, you know, frankly, about 20% of them are good at that. And that's about it. So, so then, closers are not good at prospecting. They're not. No one, no one <laughs> loves it, but they're not good at it. Right. But prospectors are better at prospecting. That is their whole job. That's like, you don't, you don't see the guy, the jeweler that is polishing the diamond 
out in the field digging the diamond, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's not he's not digging it then saying this looks great and let's go back and it would be too long of a process. So we're trying to streamline it and get interested parties in front of people who know what they're talking about and helping them make a decision. So that's why a lot of a lot of salespeople, a lot of companies, what have you buy the initial leads mm-hmm. is basically they're they're paying for the inside sales force like what you're using right now in order to to create that that potential client list correct okay yep gotcha now you mentioned three things um you know filling the pipeline we're uh, managing the pipeline closing the pipeline tell us about that yeah those are the three things that cause a salesperson to fail and so as we know yes and so we're watching those you know very carefully to see are you having difficulty filling the pipeline which we know we try to outsource as much as we can and or are you having trouble in the middle are you having trouble managing the relationship with that particular individual or all the individuals and moving them forward through a process or do you get to the end and you just don't have anything to say you just you can't get them to to make that decision at the very end because you haven't provided enough value and so as we watch those three steps we can tell where you're as a salesperson where you're breaking down and we can help you improve in those areas very specifically that's where you as a as a sales leader as a sales coach, um, you know, where you, you diagnose those three components and then you can dig a little deeper on, oh, okay, you're, you know, you're meeting with people and buying them a cup of coffee, but uh, are you really giving them value every time so they want to, you know, say, tell me more? Right. So it really comes down to who controls, you know, who's controlling the conversation. So if you're a professional sales individual out there working with people, you know that when someone's interested and you're moving them along your process, if it's working or if it's not. If you're providing enough value, you can tell in that relationship and conversations and the engagement you get, you can tell. If you're losing it and they're telling you, you know, it's not the right time right now, and you're taking that that piece back and you're saying, okay, well then I'll get back to you in a couple weeks, that's uh, not the strongest salesperson we have, right? They come back and they said, what's gonna change between now and two weeks? And you just keep asking questions and, until they realize nothing's changing. And that was just another objection that I just didn't handle. It's just easier not to do the deal than to do the deal right then. Right. Because it's easier to do nothing in life than it is to do something, right? Correct. You didn't make them uncomfortable enough or you didn't provide enough value. You weren't compelling enough in your, in your argument to have them say, absolutely, I need to move forward today. So really, you know, and kind of when you dig it up a little deeper, sales is about seeing the opportunity presented to you, right? Exactly. And that salesperson has to show them the opportunity so well that they just can't resist it. Right. If someone said, hey, I'm going to give you $1,000 if you sign this form, you'd, you'd probably sign the form. There's the opportunity. It's yeah. 1000 bucks. Yeah. But if you, just, if you sat there and go, you know, maybe it's not a good day for me to receive $1,000, You'd, you'd wonder if you've explained it correctly. Right, right. So you have to explain it correctly, and you have to provide enough of that compelling argument for someone to say, I don't even know why I'm waiting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff. So uh, do, you, do you have any secrets of sales success for us? Give, you know, give us a few things that, uh, that when you look at a salesperson, you go, I want you to think about these three things or, or whatever that might be that will help you do more deals, close more sales, build more relationships, add more clients to your pipeline, things like that. What, give us a few tips here, Chris, some of your best ones. So that's, that's easy. So I, I, I'm more of a blocking and tackling kind of guy. So I try to avoid the shiny thing. Um, I've seen too many things come out and saying, well, if you did this one thing, it'll solve all your problems. So shiny thing meaning the distraction. It could be, you know, here's a new you know, way to plug this into your phone. Or if you use slide dial, then you can call the person and leave them a message without them even know you called. So you're not bugging them. 
all that's great. Really, the blocking and tackling. So the three yeah. things I always tell people is it comes down to clarity, consistency, and passion. And so those were also my initials, CCP. So that's how I can remember. Clarity, yep. consistency, and passion. And passion. So let's uh, let's unpack those real quick. So clarity, obviously, communication is clarity, and, and clarity of of it's, you know. it's, it's the clarity of, as a salesperson, knowing exactly what you need to do. Okay. You've, you've organized yourself. You've planned your day, your week, your month out in advance. You know what you're offering. You know what the value of it is, and you're ready to go. You're clear as a bell on what you're doing all the time. Oh, I love it. Yep. I love it. So you know you're going to start with a win each day, exactly. and here's how you're going to do it. Exactly. Excellent. And then it's consistency. That's where everybody in sales breaks down. So I've seen it in my neighborhood from people mailing flyers to, you know, for real estate and you see them send one flyer and two weeks later, send another flyer and they say, well, I didn't get a deal. So I'm not going to waste any money on that neighborhood. Twice is not consistent. Twice is not, you know, so <laughs> you see the people that send it for three years in a row, they've got six, you know, sales in that neighborhood. And all of a sudden you go, wow, you know, I can attribute that to my consistency. People recognize my name. Right. Consistency is the key in everything. It's also consistency on, you know, are you putting forth that effort every day? Or did you do it for two months and then the rest of the year you're like, wow, that was a good few months. I'm going to really rest on my laurels and let it, you know, and then I'll have to really gear up at the end of the year again. It's, it's doing it every day. And you see that across almost everything from, you know, guys who work out to the rock to, you know, almost anything you can ask them what their key to success is and it's consistency. It's waking up every morning and doing the same thing the right way even when you don't want to. Wow, good stuff. And now the P, passion. So passion, if you deliver any kind of message flat to anyone, they're not interested. So if you love that pen so much that you told 100 people how great this pen is, I guarantee you there's a percentage of them will buy that pen just because you said so. Interesting. And it's because you delivered it with such excitement and passion that you believe it. If you don't believe it, they won't believe it. Hey, Chris, have I told you how much I love our podcast? I, it is fantastic. <laughs> it is. Yes. I'm passionate about it. Yes, you are. So, yeah, the passion part is, is, you know, all three of those come together to really create a good salesperson. Cool. Awesome. Hey, Chris, I got a question for you. How do you start with a win? I'm very consistent. Um, I get up every day about 4.30. I like to go to the gym. I eat the same things every day. And then I like to clear my mind before I start. So I'm pretty much hitting reset every morning. Good for you. Awesome. This is Adam Contos from the 12th floor of Remax World Headquarters overlooking Denver, Colorado. Signing off with Start With a Win. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to head over to startwithawin.com to get more great content. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Adam on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And remember, start with a win.